Good morning. Here is part four of Thomas, uh, U.S. President number three, Thomas Jefferson. I'll begin with society and government. According to Jefferson's philosophy, citizens have certain inalienable rights and rightful liberty is unrestricted action according to our will, will within limits drawn around, by, around us by the equal rights of others. A staunch advocate of the jury system to protect people's liberties, he proclaimed in 1801, I consider a trial by jury as the only anchor yet imagined by man by which a government can be held to the principles of its constitution. Jeffersonian government not only prohibited individuals and society from infringing on the liberty of others, but also restrained itself from diminishing individual liberty as protection against tyranny from the majority. Initially, Jefferson favored restrictive voting to those who could, who could actually have the free exercise of their risen by escaping any corrupting independence, corrupting dependence on others. He advocated enfranchising majority of Virginians seeking to expand suffrage to include yeoman farmers who own their own land while excluding tenant farmers, city day laborers, vagrants, most Amerindians, and women. He was convinced that individual liberties were the fruit of political equality, which were threatened by arbitrary Government excesses of democracy, in his view, were caused by institutional corruption rather than human nature. He was less suspicious of a working democracy than many contemporaries as President Jefferson feared that the Federalist system enacted by Washington and Adams had encouraged corrupting patronage and dependence. He tried to restore a balance between the state and federal governments, more nearly reflecting the Articles of Confederation, seeking to reinforce state prerogatives where his party was in a majority. Jefferson was steeped in the British tradition of the oppressed majority set against a repeatedly unresponsive court party in the parliament. He justified small outbreaks of rebellion as necessary to get monarchical regimes to amend oppressive measures compromising popular liberties. In the Republican regime ruled by the majority, he acknowledged it will often be Exercise when strong, when the it will often be exercised when wrong, but the remedy is to set them right as to facts, pardon and pacify them. As Jefferson saw his party triumph in two terms of his presidency and launch into a third tomb under James Madison, his view of the U.S. as a continental republic and an empire of liberty grew more upbeat. On departing the president in 1809, he described America as trusted with the destinies of this solitary republic of the world, the only monument of human rights, and the sole depository of the sacred fire of freedom and self-government. Democracy. Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson considered democracy to be the expression of society and promoted national self-determination, cultural uniformity, and education of all males of the commonwealth. He supported public education and a free press as essential components of a democratic nation. <coughs> After resigning as Secretary of State in 1795, Jefferson focused on the electoral basis of Republicans and Federalists. The Republican classification for which he advocated included the entire body of landholders everywhere and the body of laborers without land. Republicans united behind Jefferson as vice president with the election of 1796, expanding democracy nationwide at grassroots levels. Jefferson promoted Republican candidates for local offices. 
beginning with Jefferson's electioneering for the Revolution of 1800. His political efforts were based on egalitarian appeals. In his later years, he referred to the 1800 election as real as real a revolution in the principles of a government as that of 76 was in its, in its form, one not affected indeed by the sword, but by the suffrage of the people. Voter participation grew during Jefferson's presidency, increasing to unimaginable levels compared to the Federalist era, with turnout of about 67,000 in 1800, rising to about 143,000 in 1804. On the onset, at the onset of the Revolution, Jefferson accepted William Blackstone's argument that property ownership was sufficient to empower voters' independent judgment, but he sought to further expand suffrage by land distribution to the poor in the heat of the Revolutionary Era and afterward. Several states expanded their voter eligibility from land gentry, from landed gentry to all property bail taxpayer citizens with Jefferson's support. In retirement, he gradually became critical of his home state for violating the principle of equal political rights, the social outright of universal male suffrage. He sought a general suffrage of all taxpayers and militiamen and equal representation by population in the General Assembly to correct preferential treatment of the slaveholding regions. Religion. Baptized in his youth, Jefferson became a governing member of his local Episcopal church in Charlottesville, which he later attended with his daughters. Influenced by deist authors during his college years, Jefferson abandoned Orthodox Christianity after his review of New Testament teachings. In 1803, he asserted, I am Christian in the only, in the only sense in which Jesus wished to, anyone to be. Jefferson later defined being a Christian as one who followed the simple teachings of Jesus. Jefferson compiled Jesus' political teachings, omitting miraculous or supernatural references. He titled the work of the life and morals of Jesus of Nazareth, known today as the Jefferson Bible. Peterson states Jefferson was a theist whose God was the creator of the universe. All the evidences of nature testified to his perfection, and man could rely on harmony and benefit benefit beneficence of his work. Jefferson was firmly anti-clerical. Writing in every age, the priest has been hostile to liberty. They they have perverted the purest religion ever preached to man in mystery and jargon. The full letter of Horatio Spatford can be read at the National Archives. Jefferson once supported banning clergy from public office, but later relented. In 1777, he drafted the Virginia Statute for Religious Freedom, Ratified in, 18, in 1786, it made compelling attendance or contributions to any state-sanctioned religious establishment illegal and declared that men shall be free to profess their opinions in the matters of religion. The statute is one of only three accomplishments he chose to have inscribed in the epitaph on his gravestone. Early in 1802, Jefferson wrote to the Danbury, Connecticut Baptist Association, that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and his God. He interpreted the First Amendment as having built a wall of separation between church and state. The phrase, <coughs> <coughs> the phrase separation of church and state has been cited several times by the Supreme Court is an interpretation of the Establishment Clause. Jefferson donated to the American Bible Society, saying the four evangelists delivered a pure and sublime system of morality to humanity. He thought Americans would radically create a, a, a Apiarian religion, 
expressing the best traditions of every denomination, and he returned generally to several local denominations near Monticello. Acknowledgement Acknowledging organized religion would always be factored in Factored into political life for good, <coughs> for good or ill, he re <coughs> he encouraged reason over supernatural revelation to make inquiries into religion. <coughs> he believes in a creator God and afterlife and the summer religion as loving God and neighbors, but he also controversially renounced the conventional Christian treatise denying Jesus' divinity as the Son of God. Jefferson's unorthodox religious beliefs became an important issue in the 1800 presidential election. Frederick attacked him as an atheist as President Jefferson encountered the accusations by praising religion in his inaugural address and attending services at the Capitol. Banks. Jefferson distrusted government banks and opposed publicly public borrowing, which he thought created long-term debt, bred monopolies, and invited dangerous speculation as opposed to productive labor. In one letter to Madison, he argued each generation should curtail all debt within 19 years and not impose a long-term debt on subsequent generations. In 1791, President Washington asked Jefferson, then Secretary of State, and Hamilton, the Secretary of the Treasury, if the Congress had the authority to create a national bank. While Hamilton believed Congress had the authority, Jefferson and Madison thought a national bank would ignore the needs of individuals and farmers and would violate the Tenth Amendment by assuming powers not granted to the federal government by the states. Jefferson used a growing resistance to banks and speculators as the first defining principle of an opposition party, recruiting candidates for Congress on the issue as early as 1792. As President Jefferson persuaded, was persuaded by Secretary of Treasury Albert Gallatin to leave the bank intact, but sought to rest restrain his influence. Slavery. Jefferson lived in a planter economy largely dependent upon slavery, and as a wealthy landholder, used slave labor for his household plantation and workshops. His first recorded he his first recorded his slaveholding in 1774 when he counted 41. Over his lifetime, he owned about seven, 600 slaves. He inherited about 175, while most of the remainder were born on his plantations. Jefferson purchased slaves in order to unite their families, and he sold about 110 for economic reasons, primarily slaves from his outlying farms. Many historians have ascribed Jefferson as a benevolent slave owner who didn't overwork his slaves by the conventions of his time and provided them log cabins with fireplaces, food, clothing, and some household provisions, though slaves often had to make their own had to make many of their own provisions. In addition, Jefferson gave his slaves financial and other incentives while also following them to grow gardens and raise their own chickens. The whip was employed only in rare and extreme cases of fighting and stealing. Jefferson once said, My first wish is that the laborers may well may be well treated. Jefferson did not work his slaves on, Chris on Sundays and Christmas, and he allowed them more personal time during the winter months. Some scholars doubt Jefferson's benevolence, however, noted cases of excessive slave whippings in his absence. His nail factory was only staffed by child slaves, but many of those boys became tradesmen. Burwell Colbert, who started his working life as a child in Monticello's nailery, was later promoted to a supervisor position of butler. Jefferson felt slavery was harmful to both slave and master, but a resolution of releasing unprepared slaves into freedom and advocated gradual emancipation. 
1779, he opposed gradual voluntary training and resettlement to the Virginia legislature, and three years later drafted legislation allowing owners to free their own slaves. In his draft of the Declaration of Independence, he included a section stricken by other Southern delegates criticizing King George III's role in promoting slavery in the colonies. In 1784, Jefferson proposed the abolition of slavery in all Western U.S. territories and limiting slave importation to 15 years. Congress had failed to pass this proposal by one vote. In 1787, Congress passed the North Or Northwest Ordinance, a partial victory for slave Jefferson that terminated slavery in the Northwest Territory. Jefferson freed his slave Robert Hemings in 1794, and he freed his cooked slave. James Hemings in 1796, during his presidency, Jefferson allowed the diffusion of slavery into the Louisiana Territory, hoping to prevent slave uprisings in Virginia and to prevent South Carolina's succession. In 1804, in the compromise on the slavery issue, Jefferson and Congress banned domestic slave traffickers for one year into the Louisiana Territory. In 1806, he officially called for anti-slavery legislation, terminating the import or export of slaves. Congress passed a law in 1807 and 1890 strongly opposed the Missouri State Application Amendment that banned domestic slave importation and freed slaves at the age of 25 on grounds it would destroy the Union. Jefferson freed his runaway slave Harriet Hemings in 1822. Upon his death in 1826, Jefferson freed five male Hemings slaves in his will. Jefferson shared the common belief of his day that blacks were mentally and physically inferior, but argued they nonetheless had innate human rights. In notes on the states of Virginia, he created controversy by calling slavery a moral evil for which the nation would ultimately have to account to God. He therefore supported colonization plans that would transport freed slaves to another country, such as Liberia or Sierra Leone, though he recognized the impracticability of such proposals. During his presidency, Jefferson was for the most part publicly silent on the issue of slavery and emancipation as the congressional debate over slavery, slavery and extension caused a dangerous north-south rift among the states with talk of a northern confederacy in New England. The violent attacks on white slavery during the Haitian Revolution due to the injustice under slavery supported Jefferson's fears of a race war, increasing his reservations about promotion, promoting emancipation at that time after numerous attempts and failures to bring about emancipation. Jefferson wrote privately in an 1805 letter to William A. Burwell, I have long since given up the expectation of an early provision for the distinguishing of slavery among us. That same year, he also related this idea to George Logan, writing, I have most carefully avoided every public act or manifestation on that subject. Historical assessment. Scholars remain divided on whether Jefferson truly condemned slavery and how it changed. Francis D. Cogliano traces the development of competing emancipationist, then revisionist, and finally contextualist interpretations from the 1960s to the present. The emancipationist view held by the various scholars at the Thomas Jefferson Foundation, Douglas L. Wilson, and others maintains Jefferson was an opponent of slavery all his life, knowing that he did what he could within the limited range of options available to him to undermine it. His many attempts at abolition legislation, the manner in which he provided for slaves, and his advocacy of their more humane treatment. The revisionist view 
advanced by Paul Finkelman and others, criticized Jefferson for racism, for holding slaves, and for acting contrary to his words. Jefferson never freed most of his slaves, and he remained silent on the issue while he, he was president. Contextualists such as Joseph J. Ellis emphasized the change of Jefferson's thinking from his emancipationist views before 1783, noting Jefferson's shift toward public passivity, passive passivity and procrastination on policy issues related to slavery. Jefferson seemed to yield to public opinion by 1794 as he laid the groundwork for his first presidential campaign against Adams in 1796. Jefferson Hemings Controversy Claims that Jefferson fathered Sally Hemings' children have been de debated since 1802. That year, James T. Callender, after being denied a position as postman, alleged Jefferson had take, taken Hemings as a concubine and fathered several children with her. In 1998, a panel of researchers conducted a wide DNA study of living descendants of Jefferson's uncle, Field, and of a descendant of Hemings' son, Eston Hemings. The results published in the Na journal Nature showed a match with the male Jefferson Line in 2000, the Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson Foundation, TJF, assembled a team of historians whose report concluded that the DNA study indicates a high probability that Thomas Jefferson followed Edison Hemings. In July 7, 2017, the Thomas Jefferson Foundation announced that archaeological excavation in Monticello had revealed that they believed to have been Salve Hemings' quarters adjacent to Jefferson's bedroom, the Thomas Jefferson Foundation stated in 2018 that it considered the issue a settled historical mantle since the results of the DNA tests were made public. The consensus among the academic historians had been, has been that Jefferson had a sexual relationship with Sally Hemings and that he was a father of a son, Eston Hemings, though some experts dispute this conclusion. Some author, scholars maintain the evidence is insufficient to prove Jefferson's paternity conclusively based on DNA and other possible other evidence, they know the possibility that additional Jefferson males, including his brother Randolph Jefferson, and any uh, any one of Randolph's four sons or cousins could have Father Eston Hemings or Sally Hemings' other children. After Thomas Jefferson's death, although not formally manumitted, Sally Hemings was allowed to by Jefferson's daughter Martha to live in Charlottesville as a free woman with her two sons until her death in 1835. Interests and activities. Jefferson was a farmer obsessed with new crops, soil conditions, garden design, and scientific agriculture techniques. His main cash crop was tobacco, but his price was essential. His price was essentially low, and it's rare, and it was rarely profitable. He tried to achieve self-sufficiency with wheat, vegetables, flax, corn, hogs, sheep, poultry, and cattle to supply his family, slaves, and employees. But he lived perpetually beyond his means and was always in debt. In the field of architectural, Jefferson helped helped popularize the Neo-Palladian style in the United States, utilizing designs for the Virginia State Capitol, the University of Virginia, Monticello, and others. Jefferson mastered architecture through self-study, using various books and classical architectural designs of the day. <coughs> His primary authority was Andrea Palladio's The Four Books of Architecture, which outlines the principles of classical design. He was interested in birds and wine. He was a noted gourmet. He was also a prolific writer and linguist and spoke several languages. As a naturalist, he was fascinated by the natural bridge geological formation and in 1774 successfully acquired the bridge by a grant from George III. American Philosophical Society Jefferson was a member of the American Philosophical Society for 35 years beginning in 1780. Through the society, he advanced the sciences 
and enlightenment ideals emphasizing the knowledge of science reinforced and instead of freedom. His notes on the state of Virginia was written in part as a contribution to the society. He became the society's third president on March 3, 1797, a few months after he was elected vice president of the United States. In accession, Jefferson stated, I feel no qualification for this distinguished post, but a sincere zeal for all the objects of our institution and an ardent desire to see knowledge so disseminated through the mass of mankind that it may at length reach even the extreme of society, beggars, and kings. Jefferson served as APS president for the next 18 years, including through both terms of his presidency. He introduced Meriwether letters to the society, with various scientists tutored him in his preparation for the Lewis and Clark expedition. He resigned on January 20, 1850, but remained active through correspondence. Linguistics. Jefferson had a lifelong interest in linguistics. He could speak, read, and write in a number of languages, including French, Greek, Italian, and German. In his early years, he excelled in classical language while at boarding school where he received a classical education in Greek and Latin. Jefferson later became to, came to regard the Greek language as the perfect language as expressed in his laws and philosophy. While attending the College of William Mary, he taught himself Italian. Here, Jefferson became first became familiar with the Anglo-Saxon language, especially as it was co associated with English common law and, si and system of government, and studied the language in a linguistic and philosophical capacity. He owned 17 volumes of Anglo-Saxon texts and grammar, and later wrote an essay on the Anglo-Saxon language. Jefferson claimed to have taught himself Spanish during his 19-day <coughs> journey to France, using only a grammar guide and a copy of Don Quixote. Linguistic played a significant role in how Jefferson modeled and expressed political and philosophical ideas. He believed that a study of ancient languages was essential in understanding the roots of modern language. He collected and understood a number of American Indian vocabulary and instructed Lewis and Clark to record and collect various Indian languages during their expedition. When Jefferson moved from Washington after his presidency, he packed 50 Native American vocabulary lists in a chest and transported them on a riverboat back to Monticello, along with the rest of his possessions. Somewhere along the journey, a thief stole the heavy chest, thinking it was full of vibe, but its contents were dumped into the James River. When the thief discovered it was only filled with papers. Subsequently, 30 years of collecting were lost, with only a few fragments rescued from the muddy banks of the river. Jefferson was not an outstanding orator and preferred to communicate through writing or remain silent if possible. Instead of delivering his State of the Union addresses himself, Jefferson wrote the annual messages and sent a representative to read them aloud in Congress. This started a tradition which continued until 1913 when President Woodrow Wilson, 1913 and 1921, chose to deliver his own State of the Union address. Inventions Jefferson invented many small practical devices and improved contemporary inventions, including revolving books, stand, <coughs> The great clock powered by gravitational pull on cannonballs. He improved the pedometer, the polygraph, a device for duplicating writing, and the mold board plow, an idea he never patented and gave to posterity. Jefferson can also be credited as the creator of the swivel chair, the first of which he created and used to write much of the Declaration of Independence. A minister to France, Jefferson was impressed by the military standardization program known as the Système Gribeville, an initiative program that present developed interchangeable parts for firearms, 
for his inventiveness and ingenuity, he received several honorary Doctor of Law degrees. Legacy, historical reputation. Jefferson is an icon of individual liberty, democracy, and republicanism, hailed as the author of the Declaration of Independence, an architect of the American Revolution, and a Renaissance man who promoted science and scholarship. The participatory democracy expanded and expanded suffrage. He championed divine his era and became a standard for later generations. Meacham opined that Jefferson was the most influential figure of the Democratic Republic in his in his first half century. Succeeded by presidential adherents James Madison, James Monroe, Andrew Jackson, and Martin Van Buren. Jefferson recognized for having written more than 18,000 letters of political and philosophical substance during his life, which Francis D. Cogliano describes as a documentary legacy unprecedented in American history in its size and breadth. Jefferson's reputation declined during the American Civil War due to support <coughs> of state rights. In the late 19th century, his legacy was widely criticized. Conservatives felt that his democratic philosophy had led to the era's populist movement, while progressive progressives sought a more active federal government than Jefferson's philosophy allowed. Both groups saw Oxford and Hamilton as vindicated by history, rather than Jefferson and President Woodrow Wilson even described Jefferson as though a great man, not a great American. Statue of Thomas Jefferson inside. Jefferson Memorial. In the 1930s, Jefferson was held in higher esteem. President Franklin D. Roosevelt, 1933-1945, and the New Deal Democrats celebrated his struggles for the common man and reclaimed him as party's founder. Jefferson became a symbol of American democracy in the incipient Cold War, and in the 1940s and 1950s saw the zenith of his popular reputation. Following the civil rights movement in the 1950s and 1960s, Jefferson's slaveholding came under new scrutiny particularly after DNA testing in the late 1990s supported allegations that he raped Sally Hemings. Noting that huge output of salary, scholarly books on Jefferson in recent years, historian Gordon Wood summarizes the raging debates about Jefferson's statue. Although many historians and others are embarrassed about his contributions and have sought to knock him off the Democratic pedestal, his vision, though shaky, still seems secure. The Siena Research Institute poll of President Scott began in 1982 has ranked Jefferson as one of the five best U.S. presidents and 2015 Brookings Institute poll of the American Poll Political Science Association members ranked him as the fifth greatest president. Memorials and Honors Jefferson has been memorials with buildings, sculptures, postage, and currency. In the 1920s, Jefferson, together with George Washington, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln, were chosen by sculptor Gutzon Borglum and proved by President Calvin Coolidge to be depicted in a stone at Mount Rushmore Memorial. The Jefferson Memorial was dedicated in Washington, D.C. in 1943 on the 200th anniversary of Jefferson's birth. The interior of the memorial includes a 19-foot statue of Jefferson and engravings of passages from his writings. Most prominent are the words inscribed around the monument near the roof. I have sworn upon the altar of God eternal hostility against every form of tyranny over the mind of man. <coughs> Writings by Thomas Jefferson. Summary view of the rights of British Americans, 1774. Declaration of the causes and necessity of taking up arms, 1775. Declaration of Independence, 1776. Memorandums on journey from Paris into the northern parts of France and northern Italy in the year 1787. Notes on the state of Virginia, 1781. Plan for establishing uniformity in the coinage rights, weights, and measures 
of the United States, a report submitted to Congress, 1790, an essay towards facilitating instruction into the Anglo-Saxon and modern dialects of the English language, language 1796, Manual of Parliamentary Practice for the Use of the Senate of the United States, 1801, Autobiography, 1821, Jefferson Bible or the Life and Morals of Jesus Nazareth. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this segment on Jefferson, U.S. President number three, Thomas Jefferson. Uh, stay safe. Practice social distancing. Stay home if you can. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Use universal precautions during this coronavirus pandemic as we look forward to enormously, whatever that may be. And I hope you enjoyed this segment. Thank you and have a good week.